everyone. This is Summer, my new assistant. Summer, everyone, everyone, Summer. In college, they called me perfectly adequate handsome. You used to call me anal girl. I was very neat and organized. He likes you. Okay. I think you're interesting, and I'd like for us to be friends. I'm in love with Summer. This is not good. I just don't feel comfortable being anyone's girlfriend. What happens if you fall in love? <laughs> There's no such thing as love. It's fantasy. How's your weekend? It was good. I think I missed something. She said... It was good. Emphasis on the good. She basically said she spent the weekend having sex with some guy she met at the gym. Did she say uh, hey instead of hi? I mean, because you know that, that that means that she's a lesbian, right? Hey. Hi. You son of a bitch. Did you bang her? No. What, I'm job? No. Andrew? But, uh, no jobs. I'm still unemployed. Hi. Um, if any jobs come up. See ya. That looks pretty doable. Are you her boyfriend? It's not that simple. We're young. Might as well have fun while we can. I'm not really looking for anything serious. What's going on here? We're just friends. No, this is not how you treat your friend. Kissing in the copy room, shower sex. You'll get over her. I don't want to get over her. I want to get it back. I'm going to the supply room. Do you guys need anything? I think you know what I need. I'm Toner. This is not a love story. This is a podcast. Hi, welcome to our podcast, to all the rom-coms I've loved before. Sorry for that squeak. I'm (laughs) Helia. I'm Mary. So this is a podcast where we discuss some of our favorite rom-coms. We'll give a brief recap and do a lot of analysis, talk over each other, do a ton of digressions, uh, somehow loop it back to the movie, and then we'll end with uh, quick fire questions and uh, lingering questions fire questions and leave you guys with some lingering questions lingering questions as well so today we have a very special guest i know i say that about all our guests but this guy <laughs> very special guest and very special movie this has been the most i think the most requested movie since we started doing the podcast yeah you guys asked for it we gave it to you so our guest for 500 days of summer who it was a maybe more infamous than special is we have Charlie. So fans of the pod may know him as they, they won't know him. Montreal we didn't see his boy. Name. Montreal boy. <laughs> uh, Mary, I know this happened. It was your best friend that it happened with. So maybe you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna let you introduce. Why don't you tell? Well, I'll just do a teaser so that they have to listen to Never Been Kissed as well. But basically, Charlie and I have a mutual friend who came on for Never Been Kissed podcast. And she tells a funny story about basically a, a kiss that never was. And then Charlie was nice enough to listen to the podcast and write in. And we are now things are coming full circle and we are having him on the podcast. So we're very excited to welcome so, him. Charlie. Yes. Explain yourself. <laughs> uh- 
Oh, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit of a good cop, bad cop. I was trying to see. <laughs> the, the game Truly explain yourself. This is probably the harshest way I've ever introduced a guest. I'm like putting on my, I, I don't know, some journalist that grilled someone. Um, so Car Carissa or uh, CJ and I were very good friends in college. And uh, I, I remember offering to kiss her uh, because she hadn't been kissed. And then um, last we, we minute- loved, We loved up until that point. We were like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so nice. Like we were all about it. Yeah, like, this no, like Christmas. Not, I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, Hallie yeah. was like, that would have been a great story. Yeah, we were like all about it. But uh, I went to Montreal instead and me and two of my <laughs> guy friends had a guy weekend in Mon Well, it, it was like a guy New Year's in Montreal. So guys, I will say that, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the bad guy in this situation and that story 1000%. So. <laughs> well, I will give it to you. I appreciated you like acknowledging it. I appreciate you not hating us first for like airing that i know i know i felt bad because <laughs> like, like, oh, he kind of roasted you so i felt bad um but obviously we didn't know you were gonna listen and <laughs> and i i have to say i didn't even think he went to montreal i was like that's such a like he just said that the day of okay so i'm glad to hear montreal yeah. happened it was fun <laughs> that you weren't just like trying to avoid a kiss i guess no, I mean, I think being roasted, I actually chuckled through the whole entire time. I was like, I deserve that 100 Because hearing it from Carissa's perspective and then hearing you guys talk about it, I'm like, man, I'm 100% the bad guy. I am yeah, the no, not and good I, person. And I, after, you, after you listened to it and talked to her about it, Carissa texted me and she was like, this is great. Like the podcast has reach and like it's making guys like own up to their ways. And I was like, yes, yeah, so we can do that even once. Like. What I'm curious for is like, was this Canada trip, like how quickly was it planned? I know, um, it seemed very classic. It was like, very Did you forget you were supposed to hang out with Carissa? So you can yeah. ask Carissa this, um, and you can ask our other friend Alicia this, is I am very good at canceling plans last minute. And so... Uh, and so I didn't forget. I probably, no, I probably just forgot. And Montreal was Montreal. I was like, I want to go to Montreal for New Year's. And at that time, um, I was very selfish. And uh, Carissa will say the same thing. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she's too nice to say selfish. But yeah, I don't know what's worse, like forgetting about it or just like not forgetting and then like telling the day out. Like we were just like, what? Like, we cannot believe this dude. That's ridiculous. And then well, what's really, I'm sorry, Mary, I didn't mean to, what's really funny now, though, is, you know, you're, you're like, oh, man, I was so crappy, I can't, like, I canceled plans last minute, but we almost canceled this recording because I was just too tired, and then Mary was like, oh, I feel really bad, like, it's just a few hours, and I kind of want to be like, Montreal. <laughs> I know, I know that Montreal is like our trump card, I guess, anytime <laughs> we want to cancel plans with Charlie, we have, we have Montreal in our back pocket. <laughs> 
but then Mary convinced me she's like take a nap and then we can push the recording for later yeah I, I emailed I was like can we just like do it a little bit later but uh yeah so one kind of feedback I got from someone who listened to the story on the podcast was like who was the third person like maybe that was why they didn't do the kiss because I think she did say like it was kind of awkward that there was someone there so I could kind of see why that like in a way like we didn't hear about her name but like she was sort of the most important character in the story because maybe that's also partly why I can I wouldn't want I, hope, I wouldn't I want to make there are some writers out there maybe some screenplay writers and I hope that story like inspires someone because I just have this like image in my head of a big Christmas tree you guys sitting there a kiss about to happen and then someone just staring at you like <laughs> I mean it wouldn't be the worst Hallmark Christmas movie set in Rhode Island I'm sure that were made it, it, it wouldn't be nearly the worst it's not a bad idea I mean, that's well, why they make Christmas cards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cards, let's, um, well, let's. Mary, can you hear her? Sorry, I can now. What did you say? Yeah, hell yeah. I think you, you cut out there. I thought it was my connection, but I think you either did cut out or yeah. Um, did you, I, I guess she probably wants me to talk about the plot. So first of all, I don't even know if we said what movie we're doing, but it is 500 Days of Summer. And 500 Days of Summer is a movie that is basically an offbeat indie rom-com about a woman who doesn't believe in true love and the guy who falls in love with her. And the stars are Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who we talked about a lot on the uh, 10 Things I Hate About You podcast and Zoe Deschanel. So we're both big fans of them. And Helia, are you able to hear me now? Hopefully. Okay, we just can't hear you. Te te technology is letting us down right now. No, this is a rough night for technology for like all of both of us. But uh, what can we talk about 500 Days of Summer before? Yeah, well, Charlie, why did, you pick, why did you pick this? Is this your favorite rom-com? So my favorite rom-com was 10 Things. Oh, okay. That's what my friend Steve said. That's what my friend Steve said. He was like, you already did my favorite rom-com. Actually, 10 Things is my favorite movie. What? Yeah. yeah. So, Whoa. Um, but I picked 500 Days of Summer because when I was living in New York, I had a very similar situation where uh, a girl kind of, and then it started to become, me and my roommates have a yearly tradition where we'll watch the movie on on a day in May where, and but now we're all spread out. So we'll watch it uh, remotely. So. Okay. Oh, that's it's so cool. I was actually, I was going to ask you guys, I was going to ask both of you, like, how are you, have you been a summer? Or have you been a Tom? So I guess you've kind of already answered me in that sense. But um, yeah, I think one of the things a lot of people like about this movie, because a lot of people asked to do this movie. My, my sister really likes it. My friend Vishnu who's a friend of the pod really likes it. Um, I think what people like about it is it is very relatable and it's not the typical rom-com and like i mean they open it up that's the first thing this is not a love story and you're just like but no it might happen and then it's like nope this is not a love story and and still every time i watch it i kind of want it to be like you because you're seeing it through tom's eyes so you too i feel like are idealizing summer and like 
thinking that she's great. And then you don't really realize until later in the movie that he's an unreliable narrator and he sort of romanticized a, a lot of what they had into maybe being more than what it was. Even though, she, you know, the movie's upfront about it, she's upfront about it, he, you know, you're still, I think the formula of rom-com, we're so used to rooting for people to be together in the end that I actually kind of like that it's not the typical um, rom-com. I, <clears throat> since, since my viewing of it initially, because I was the Tom, I was so anti uh, Zoe Deschanel's character or Summer, but over time I was like, you know what? She is very honest with him, so you can't really no, knock, it, knock it for she, the honesty. She absolutely is. She says in the beginning, "I don't want a boyfriend," and I I noticed that like watching it this time around, and then I also noticed that the blind date says the same thing. Like she's like, "Why are you so mad at her? She told you up front." she didn't want a boyfriend she didn't cheat on you lie to you or like mislead you but i think you know when you have feelings for someone it's easy to sort of not be objective about it and hope for the best or hope that they're going to change their mind or whatever and just think oh you know if only we kind of keep dating she'll come around and i actually really liked that tom the guy was hello? The he's like hello how are you back okay yeah so we were just talking about why people like this movie and i was gonna say i think people like that um, I appreciated that, you know, there was a guy who was kind of trying to idealize the th wanting a relationship. Like, because you think of it, you know, when Summer's talking about not wanting to be serious with anyone, they're like, oh my gosh, she's a dude. Like, it's almost kind of more of a, I think people attribute to being a guy thing. Mm -hmm. But she, she was really the one who was like, I don't want something serious. And he was the hopeless romantic. And I thought that was kind of refreshing and subversive. Twist. Yeah. I mean, Mary, you put it really well, too, though, when we were texting. Um, you're like, this movie's so realistic. It's almost like a little, like, like there's no escapism. Yeah, usually we watch rom-coms like for the same reason that I think Tom, you know, says he listens to pop music. Like it's happy and it's like this fantasy and, um, you know, can that exist? Is the real answer somewhere in the middle? Like kind of what Summer says at the end or is it all like, you know, is it all kind of unrealistic and too magical? We're building it up too much. I don't know. Um, the, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. When I first watched it in college, I didn't like the movie. I like didn't really? like De Chanel. I like didn't like. I was like, no, like they need a. And that was pretty much it. And I think it a lot of it just came from a place of immaturity. And like I was a lot more like Tom. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I was actually a Jess, <laughs> not a Jess. Sorry, I was actually a a, a summer and um in another uh relationship That's like, i was gonna say i feel like we've all been summers and we've all been toms yeah, like depending on the, so. the partner yeah um the just comment was funny i think any fans of new or zoe deschanel know that i um that her character new girls jess but anyways um the, but now like like watching the movie as a 30 year old a little more realistic sense of relationships and love and maybe a little more experience probably because before um, when I first watched it, I don't think I had my summer experience. I think I would have with like a Tom. I don't think I had any experience, period. It came out in 2009. I saw it in theaters with my family and I, I certainly had not like been in love before. So, you know, I, I didn't think, you know, I didn't realize, I guess, how wise it was about relationships because yeah. I wasn't, wasn't really like, I hadn't had any serious ones. So, um, yeah. I still say I am. Carly's nodding along. Do you feel like you relate it to the Tom Summer stuff, like Helia was saying? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think Helia, you put it, you put it pretty per in a really good perspective because as you get older, and I think it's the same thing. Is when I first saw it, I was one hundred percent the Tom, and now as I've become the Summer 
multiple times. Um, not 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 a good thing, but it's just you 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 see the truth of you see the benefit of honesty, but then at the same time, it's like she would come back over after you know one scene. She came back over, and it, like that's mixed messages. So, but yes, I I tell you, I agree one hundred percent. And so, so yeah, I don't think like I feel like you get burned as the Tom, so then you become the summer, right? And you're like, okay, like screw this, like this yeah. doesn't happen. That happens to me. I feel like, like a lot of times I've heard someone say this before. How you are in every relationship is a function of the, your last relationship, and it's really hard not to kind of hold maybe past other people, like not the person you're dating now, but other people in the past mistakes against them, and sort of like be burned by that or think that that's going to happen again. So almost as like a defense mechanism, you it's very easy to be a summer and just be like, I'm not going to get too attached to anyone. Uh, you know, get into it a little bit with her being a child of divorce too. And Tom kind of had that moment, right, with that red-haired girl. Yeah, th- I thought that was one of the funniest scenes in the film. Like when when he, you know, says this thing of like he's clearly not over her, and he's like, just so you know, this isn't going anywhere. She's like, oh, like, <laughs> like oh, so he calls her a different name like every time. He's like Allison, then he calls her Vicky. Oh no! Yeah, he calls her something different every time. He was just a jerk to her. And I, I mean, there's no excuse for it, but it was obviously because he was hurting over summer. And I think like, I mean, it's been a while, but I'm sure we've all been on dates where it's like, oh, this person is not ready to date. Like, and she just sort of realized like, oh, it's going to be that kind of night. Like it just, this is not going anywhere. And you felt bad for her. She looked really nice and she seemed like a great person, but you know, it, it was like Notting Hill had a similar thing. Like there was another blind date that like, you know, there was nothing wrong with her, but Hugh Grant was like not over Anna Scott. Yeah. Not um, it's interesting, you know, we say like Tom or a summer, but another way, it's like, I don't think either one of them were like good or bad. I think they were both just like different. I don't think she was, I don't think she was bad at all. I mean, we were saying while you were kind of like underwater or whatever with the audio, (laughs) we were saying like, she was very upfront about not wanting a boyfriend. And I would say, I put in my notes, the only thing I think she did wrong was, and she did apologize for this, how she acted at the bar with that fight. Like that was not great. Um, because you know, she was just like mad at him for being uncool. Like it just, I was like, oh, but otherwise I kind of agreed with everything she said and did. Like there was nothing you could point to where you're like, she's a bad person. He's a bad person. I mean, I don't Um, know. I kind of just, uh, actually, I honestly felt like both of them were a little immature. I think they're both like very unrealistic concepts of love. Um, I actually, the whole movie, I was trying to figure out how old they were. Yeah. Felt like they were both under 25. I, yeah, I would have said 25 because I think he mentions he was at the greeting card company for three or four years. And if he went right out of college, what that would make him it, like it just it felt very like both of them were very immature. Like she's has this concept of love, a very like um, you know, like it doesn't exist. And he's like on the opposite extreme of like this is fantasy. And I would actually put the movie in the category of um magical realism. Oh, uh, because through his eyes um and but the reality is it's 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 um neither one or it's a mix of them or it's just like and i think they both come to that realization i, I think the most grown-up person in the film is the sister she's like the wisest character oh, right. I, was so, I was just like holy shit that's chloe grace Moritz or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was, I thought she was fantastic and like very wise beyond her years, which I guess she's supposed to be, but she did a good job of playing that. 
I love the uh, scene when they're playing uh, Wii Tennis. And um, he's saying something along the lines of what she likes. And the sister's rolling her eyes. And she goes, just because a girl likes all your bizarro stuff. And I was like, that is too true. How many yeah, I've had people say, I've had people say that to me like whether it's like oh my gosh he also likes classics or he likes musical theater they're like okay but that doesn't mean I mean you know like I, I you need a sister or a friend or whatever someone sometimes to say that to you because it's very easy to get excited about like oh we both like this niche thing and now let me project everything else onto them that I like and he kind of does that with the the mix cd where he's like oh, I can't believe we live in a world where people haven't heard of this band. I don't know. I guess I'm one of those people. And she's like, well, I don't know that band. And he was like, oh, yes, you do. That was on the scene. You know, so he was kind of giving her credit even for things that she didn't like um, mm -hmm. because he was so all in on her by that point. I honestly had, and, and Charlie, I'm curious about your perspective on this as like a man and a man who clearly has other guy friends and talks about other women but some of their like com like early conversation about summer was like incredibly sexist to me yeah every time she didn't seem interested in tom they used the word slut or yeah or, or they yeah. were like oh she's such a snob like patel tried to talk no, to her sorry, and she you know, wasn't think, interested right, in a conversation with him I th i'm wrong i think they used the word skank but they used was, it a few times was, like just a bunch of times yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. like i mean to be fair but then when i was like i was like very critical of them but i was like to be fair, when one of my girlfriends, like, get hurt by a guy, I'm like, ah, such an asshole. Well, also, like, you know, Charlie can comment on this, but I was kind of like, what do they know? Like, one had dated the same girl since, like, fourth grade, and then the other never had a girlfriend. So it was like, they were just kind of like these Joe Schmoes, like, judging her. Or, like, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit funny. I mean, I, I, when I watched it, because I watched it this morning, just because it had been, like, a couple months since I'd seen it. And the friend Beckett, or not Beckett, Mackenzie, he, every time he spoke, I just was like, this, this, this does, this doesn't age well. Is that, I mean, is that the friend who worked with him? The, the yeah. dark. Yeah. Just, and then he left, like he, he lied to the woman about being sick so he doesn't have to go to her wedding. He's just sleazy. He's a sleazy Yeah, friend. not a good move. Not, a, I mean, not a good. I think that in regards to male conversation, I would love to say that those conversations do not happen, but I think it comes to the point where, hell yeah, I think you've said it kind of well as maturity and growing up and figuring your stuff out because unfortunately, yeah, but those conversations, like now I watched it this morning, it's like, oh, this is, this is, this is weird. <laughs> I would not, this is not something I would say, so. I remember when I, when I moved in middle school, I was a really shy kid and I'm still like pretty shy and um, despite what people may think listening to the podcast but sometimes when I when I'm introduced in a big crowd people think I'm snobby because I don't um I don't talk and I feel like Summer had that vibe like they were like oh this guy tried to talk to her and she didn't want to talk to him and then so they thought she was like a snob or a bit yeah. like, really bitchy yeah, I had the that's same not, problem that's not, not fair so like now, like when I was younger I had the same problem where um kids thought I was not like stuck up but just like whatever and I was just I was shy so riddle me this if it was a guy if a guy was quiet and like that would we call him a snob no we'd be like oh he's so hot and mysterious yeah it, like it, it would work in his favor I'm sure somehow yeah it's that's just like it's interesting to um think that way and 
but, but again, on, but on the flip side of it, like when she wasn't like this poor woman was just like then held to these like crazy um, expectations. Yeah, she wasn't a snob at all, but I think they were trying to, what I think they were trying to do was like create a bit of a mystique about her and they maintain that throughout the whole film. You never really feel like you know Summer that well. And that, I think that's on purpose. Give her the mystery. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think like with everything, he, he just kind of was, Tom just kind of glorified everything. Like the perfect example is like, hell yeah, I think you, say it well is or you just mentioned it's kind of blown everything out it's just like when they're sitting there at the cafe it's like it's done it's like what's done nothing's begun it's just because <laughs> someone can be nervous in a crowd and not want to like be immediately um friendly the whole no i think she's mysterious she's yeah tom blows everything out of perspective man i sound like i hate tom but i actually do like tom <laughs> no, I, I think we all probably sympathize with him in different ways right you know, a part of it maybe that makes it cringe for us is because we we have all been Tom. We have all been Tom, and I feel like you almost wish you had the friend who was kind of like the sister was to him. Yeah. Where, you know, I mean, eventually I think I did have people say this to me, but sometimes I didn't. Just, you know, was it really as great as you thought it was? Or are you just remembering the good parts? Like, that's a really wise thing that she says. My dad references that all the time because he saw this movie, you know, we saw it together in theaters. And he was like, yeah, like, I like what that kid said because especially when you're still raw from a breakup and not quite like over someone it's so easy to just focus on the good and just remember the positives and you know he just didn't see all these really in retrospect obvious signs that she was not interested in him and like you know I, I think it's always a surprise to the person who's being broken up with but the person who's doing the breaking up it's like they're always kind of weeks ahead emotionally because they've already sort of mourned it and processed it I mean she says that too she's just like really like you're surprised yeah, she was like, what did you think was going to happen? We fight all the time. Like, I just, you know, it was crazy to her. I thought it was funny when she was like, I'm the Sid. That scene, that made me laugh because it was like, Sid stabbed Nancy seven times. And I was like, that made, that made me laugh. <laughs> um, so if you guys were to, let's say, like, Charlie, you were to go back to your Charlie, the Tom version of Charlie, or Mary, you were gonna go back to the Mary version of Charlie, what what would you say to them? Oof. Um, I think that listen to the sister, don't always remember the good parts and try yeah. to be realistic about the yeah. relationship. Um, yeah. And I feel like Tom needed honest. to watch that movie, he's just not that into you. Yeah, I mean, when someone, I would say, like, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. Like, you know, I'm sure I've had guys similar to, you know, Summer saying, I don't want um, to be anyone's girlfriend. I'm sure I've, I, I, I'm not sure. I have had guys that are like, I don't want a relationship. And it's so easy to sort of just be optimistic, especially if you don't have a friend or anyone telling you to reel, to reel it in and just be like, well, but if only they got to know me and we make it to the first date and then we make it to the third date and we just kind of swoop off from there and like develop a relationship, like then, you know, like it's just very easy. And I think um, uh, Ebert, who really likes this movie, gave it four stars in his review. He's like basically alludes to this in his review. He says, when you're like romantically attracted to someone, it is so easy to just kind of look at the positive and not really take what they say at their word, which, you know, it's sort of, it's on you. I mean, like, but, it's hard to have the wisdom, you know, 
hindsight's 2020. Like when you, when you're Tom, you don't even necessarily owe your Tom. Mm -hmm. um, Charlie, have you seen the movie? Um, he's just not that into you. Uh, I have not. I can't, I think you'd can't like say that it. I have. Yeah. I think you'd like it. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Check on a it streaming out. service? I'll do that right after we get off this call. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, and I, I reference in the kind of the way, Mary, you're saying your dad references this movie a lot. I reference yeah. that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's like nobody wants to hear it, but sometimes you do need a friend to say, oh, he's not making plans with you until like right before. Oh, he's only hanging out with you at his apartment. He's not taking you on dates. Actually, that's oh, really good mom to him. do episode to do 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, we should do that. We did 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, um, He's just not that into you. But yeah, like, it, what does he say? He says, in romance, we believe what we want to believe. That's the reason 500 Days of Summer is so appealing. Tom is in love with Summer from the moment he sees her. So it's like, he can't really be objective about it, even when she's straight out telling him, like, I don't want anything serious. And, you know, it hurts to say this, but it wasn't that she didn't. It was anything serious with him, right? Like, he was not the guy for her. He was not the match for her. I mean, you know, you guys are pretty sympathetic with Summer. I actually, like, still think, like, you know, she wasn't right either. I think she was just a slouch. I think she just felt like a really immature woman in her young tw early 20s. And she says she wasn't right. I mean, I think the director said in an interview, it's a, it's not really a rom-com. It's a coming of age masquerading as a rom-com because they both, yeah. I agree, have some growing up to do. Um, so did you guys, what, what do you think was, what was your favorite scene? Or what, there were so, so I forgot a lot about this movie because I, I, I'm a fan, but I guess maybe not as much as Charlie. I certainly haven't seen it every year. Um, so I hadn't seen it in a while. There was a lot I forgot. There's a lot of really well-crafted scenes, like the side, the split screen of the party and the reality versus the expectations. Like that was masterfully filmed, just the way it fit in with the, um, the music. And the same thing with like her wedding and like his job search. But I think my favorite was the very uplifting scene after they first spend the night and he's like on top of the world. I really enjoy that scene. I think it's really funny. Where he's dancing the Hall and Oates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hall and Oates is like such a good choice because I feel like it is cheesy and it is overused in movie soundtracks. So it was kind of like a meta like choice. And yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot about this movie that it captures, you know, in terms of breakups and getting rejected. But there's also a lot that it captures in terms of good things like the exciting kind of almost intoxicating like early stage with someone you're interested in and um you know how you feel after you like kind of connect with them and you're like oh they like me too like you know he's like Han Solo it was like he could just do no wrong he was the coolest guy in the world like it was I I, but I remember when I saw that in theater everyone was like cracking up at that and just like you know the dance the choreography it's so ridiculous the little like you know, bird. I mean, I think what I liked about this movie, and it was sort of one of the earlier indie movies I saw, I was like, oh, it doesn't have to be one genre. Like they could have like a documentary. They could have like him breaking the fourth wall at the end. They could have, you know, all these different sort of things that you wouldn't think would go in one movie that they did. I think they did a really good job with that. Um, so that's really well-crafted. Yeah, well-crafted. That's my favorite scene and that's my favorite musical moment. And there were a lot of good musical moments. That, um, I, th I feel like actually it's that scene I think about when I would put this under the genre of um, magical realism. Yes, yes. I mean, the with, um, like... Jane the Virgin. Oh, I've never seen Jane the Virgin. Oh, it's yeah, really I've never cute. seen it either. All right, oh. everyone needs to. So Charlie, you got two homework assignments. You got to watch. She's just not that into you, and then you just got to start Jane the Virgin. We'll have we'll have Charlie back for he's just not that into you. <laughs> uh, what are your guys' favorite scenes? Well, yeah, Charlie, I'm curious. Like, what every year when you watch this, is there like a scene you're really looking forward to, and, or has that scene really changed? Well? Yeah. 
That scene's definitely changed. So when I first, the first, when I was, when I was Tom and, and started this tradition is the scene where Summer and then Tom has the, the narrator speaking like, and he quickly realized that this is something he, she doesn't usually tell. I remember that kind of felt very, it cut deep and at home. And I love that scene. Um, and then over time, <clears throat> I've grown to appreciate the quitting the card company scene where he just goes on this thing and is talking about how love is dead and all that stuff. And um, another scene I really like, and probably the one I like now, is it's this small scene is where they're, they're sitting and she's like, oh, you like the Smiths. You have a good taste in music. And I like that just because I have a friend who I'll, if I used to say to them, it was like, to die by your side is such a heavenly way to die. And um, it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's like a, a really niche funny thing. Yeah. I think it's funny you mentioned that because I think it's funny before he starts like I guess casually dating her and his, his he goes and sits with his friends he's like it's over and I go what do you mean he goes I gave her so many opportunities and like the opportunities he gives her is like he turns on the sniff and like she walks out like it's, it's just, unrealistic he's yeah. I get I don't know if this is just like an education thing but when I first watched it when I was like 19 I guess I didn't really appreciate that he was on this was an unreliable narrator. Exactly. I definitely appreciate it more this time around. Like, A, he's an unreliable narrator. Oh, I can't hear Mary. Can you, Charlie? Yeah, we lost Mary again. Oh, man. Tech issues. Tech issues. I'm, uh, <clears throat> hell yeah. Did you, um, <laughs> when you... <laughs> Mary's still talking and it's really fun talking. She's trying like, lip, like read her lips. Yeah, like her, and then her catching the bouquet. It's like, she's probably going to get married soon, you know? Like, Mary, we could not hear anything you were saying like the last 30 seconds. Oh, no! Hopefully, hopefully my computer's recording picked it up. What I was saying was there's a lot of foreshadowing in it. So um, with him saying there's beautiful stuff in the park that nobody notices, and then there's a beautiful woman that he didn't notice in the park uh and then the bouquet so like there's a lot of oh. so like I yes that the thing with the just the whole thing with the woman that she noticed him but he never noticed her i felt yeah. like this really and he literally says that this part. whole time he, he was so part. obsessed he was missing something he else literally, the, i think the line in the park is sorry my cat's like going crazy he literally said like in the park um there's so much beautiful stuff here i wish people noticed it it's like yes that's true for you too tom and yeah. In the, in the bouquet so yeah he's an unreliable narrator but there's also a lot of foreshadowing stuff that like he misses and we as the audience miss the first time so charlie you you were about to ask me something before mary came back and threw a bouquet in our face yeah i don't know who i don't know who it's gonna who it picked up when we listen back <laughs> to be honest tell you i can't remember and now we're talking about foreshadowing i i was i was laughing because if you look at his t-shirts the Joy Division t-shirts are always like very telling because one of them says love will tear us apart. And I just saw that. And I was like, oh, that's really, really funny. Oh, I didn't notice oh that. That is such a good, wow. Yeah, I didn't notice his shirts even. Wow. Now I want to go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Another thing though that um, I kind of wanted to talk about was, I mean, we already, we touched on it a bit is this whole like idealizing her. And I actually remember like after this movie came out, I did not like Zoe Deschanel. 
You didn't? I, no, I didn't. I was just like, she's too perfect. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Meow, 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 meow. Oh my gosh. Like, I was actually saying made any sense, which is I'm not even telling you because I don't even remember. It was just like the equivalent of meow, 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 meow. No, but it was kind of like Anne Hathaway. Like, I feel like for a while there was a lot of internet backlash against Zoe Deschanel and she kind of made fun of herself on SNL for it, for like being too twee and like too quirky and all this stuff. Like she's- well, I think it was just, it's just the movie made her look so perfect, but then- but no, then really when I watched not. New Girl, I liked her a lot because she's like quirky. She's like definitely frumpier. Like she's the frumpy friend. Like Cece's the gorgeous friend. Like Cece's the one that's idealized. Yeah. She was not- like, oh my God. Like this whole thing I'm criticizing guys for, like putting this woman on a pedestal. I literally, like, the reason I don't like her is completely not. And then, but I like her more when she's like brought down. Like, what? Just that whole like just it really it really brought out my own unconscious bias against women. That's so interesting because the key is she's not perfect. It's just that she seems like it to Tom. She's not perfect. I mean, you know, he just builds her up, and nobody can kind of compete with like when you build someone up with that. Like, just no one, no real person can. Oh, we lost her again. Um. Well, I mean, Charlie, do you think? Have you been guilty of of um, maybe raising a girl up and getting that tunnel vision? I mean, I'll, I'm, I promise this isn't me roasting you. It's again, I like getting the guy's perspective because I've definitely done that. Um, I am a hopeless, in case you can't tell from being a um, co-host of a rom-com podcast, <laughs> I am a hopeless romantic. Um, and it's something I get called out a lot too for my family. So I'm just wondering like have, um, but for some reason I feel like girls get away with it more. Do you feel like you've at times been like, oh, wow, I like maybe put her too much on a pedestal? Hmm, good question. 100%. I think, to, to be honest with you, Helia, the whole start of this tradition of me and my old roommates watching this movie was because I put a girl completely on a pedestal and she kind of like ripped everything apart. I mean, I think you can ask probably Carissa this question if you guys ever speak to her I put a lot of people on a like a lot of females on a pedestal in, in regards to romantic relationships I get I crush really easily and immediately I'm just like this person is the best person in the world so. I I don't know if I don't know if this is part of it but I have a friend who's kind of like that and I don't know if you like move quickly but I think that's also his problem is he like gets obsessed with people very quickly and then he very quickly realizes like oh this is not what I thought and then it's like he'll get obsessed with the next person like we sort of he's not like this so much anymore but we kind of would tease him like you never really learned from the pedestal thing like you know for the next person it was always still like the same problem and it sets it up for failure yeah there's only one way to go and i have this like this is more my summer mentality um but i had this theory like how quickly you fall in love that's how quickly you fall out Ooh. But now the follow-up question is, at what point did Ricky and I say, I love you? <laughs> like, this is where it's like, just- or, like, day two or three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, I'm like nine months in, like, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's- you know, I think also you don't want to be too much. I don't think the pedestal is necessarily bad, like all bad. Cause you also don't want to be like super jaded and like the other way and like, you know, not think someone's great. I mean, I think the whole thing about that's what that's what summer was right she like she was just like so damaged by her parents divorce which honestly but tom's like he's like well my parents got divorced and i still believe in love right 
But I've, I mean, I dated someone who, you know, like, I, I'm sure I would be a little bit crushed if he did get married because it was a similar thing of like, he didn't believe in marriage. And he did until his parents got divorced when he was in, I guess, college. Because I think he was like, if you had asked me up until 22, 21, I would have said I wanted to get married. And then after his parents divorced, I think it really did affect him. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, that, that does, I mean, we'd be lying if we said that didn't kind of emotionally traumatize you. Like that is a very heavy thing to go through at any age, whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, like that's going to affect how you approach relationships. Yeah. I guess it's all just to say that uh, like these rules just don't matter. And maybe like we, you know, we approach this romantic dating life with these like rules set in our minds, but then at the end, we're just trying to find someone who maybe even breaks those rules. Um, and then I remember, actually, my this is from The Fault in Our Stars. My sister actually got me a sweater with Which the actually is the same co-writers, Hallie. I don't know if you know that. It's the same huh? co-writers. Same co-writers. Oh, movie. really? Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. It was in the trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they co-wrote. I mean, they adapted because it's from a John Green young adult novel, but they adapted Fault in Our Stars, Paper Towns, and Spectacular Now. So if you oh. like those movies, you'll probably also like five movies somewhere. Oh, I had no idea because like, yeah. he, so in 500 Days of Summer, he says, I fell I um, fell in love the way you fall asleep, like slowly then all at once. Slowly then all at once. Yeah, that's such a good line. And I was just like, I think that's actually a, probably a more um, realistic way. And, you know, I, I give a lot of shit about this whole pedestal thing. And, but to be honest, and a lot of my friends would, I would get a lot of slack for this is when I would, I'd know within like, first date if it was going to go anywhere but it wasn't necessarily a it was more of a rule out like my first date was always a rule out like if I didn't feel anything the first date I was probably like not gonna feel anything but to be fair it probably wasn't fair either I agree with that like I agree with that part like you should have chemistry in the first date it's not gonna probably go uphill but I wonder if like I'm you don't guys don't have to answer this if it's too personal but I feel like you guys have been in love with more people than I have because I feel like my such a low end to even think back of like how fast and when I say I've only said it I think to two people I've felt it for more people but I've only said really? it to two yeah I, you've only said it to Ricky I said it to one other person okay so we're the same it's funny because that person I actually didn't like when retrospect I was like I wasn't I just wanted to be depending on your age like you think you are you think you're supposed to say it I don't know um but yeah I've only said um have you been in love I I have I've I've felt it more than I've said it um I will say that my number and your guy's number is very similar but you know we'll we'll leave some gray area in there no but I like I like that you distinguish it because sometimes you feel it and it's either hard to say or you feel like very vulnerable. So I will say like one of the times I said it, I was like waiting for him to say it because I didn't want to say it first, but I'm sure I knew like months before and it took him a while because he had never said it to anyone. So like, again, like sometimes it's like, how do you even know if you haven't told anyone ever before, right? Like it's just sort of hard to, I don't know, not to give him an excuse, but I think that was part of the struggle. Um, Charlie, do you regret not telling the ones you felt? Hell yeah. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a heavy question. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's um, a heavy question. No, I think, I think just in general, maybe it started to show the jadedness that, I, you know, came with dating and love is the fact that you hold your cards close to the chest and you just learn to don't be vulnerable. I think vulnerability was probably the biggest, biggest 
thing for me is I didn't want to be vulnerable. And it's hard. It's hard. And I feel like you have to, depending on the person, maybe with someone like, you know, you and Ricky were pretty upfront right away, but I feel like a lot of the times you have to play the game a little bit and not show your cards. Oh yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. How quickly did you say I love you to Ricky? Because this oh, it was is like one month. <laughs> like they were like, was quick. Like, and I like, felt it in like two weeks. And it scares like, the crap out of me. Didn't you say it was like the second or th- I thought it was like the third date? Oh, it, I mean, it was very quick. It was like I, I felt it very quickly. And I was like, I, I'm going to scare this guy off. That's like crazy. Third date is like crazy. I, I mean, I feel like more so when I was like the age you know, we were when you guys started dating, but I feel like I've made it to third date without even kissing someone. So like to say, I love you on third date is like crazy. Yeah, it, it, was, it was one month. It was like on his birthday. And I actually thought he was going to break up with me like the day before. What? And then he said it. Um, and I remember I was telling our, our, our best friend, Jane, I like told her before I was like, I think, you know, like I'm, I'm nervous. I think he's going to break up with me. And then we were at his birthday party and she was like, oh my God, he's been like raving about you. And I'm like, oh, and then later so that night, he like, yeah, then he told me. Hmm? He said it first, right? Yeah, he said it first. And I said, but I, I felt it very, I felt it like in a couple of weeks. And I, it like freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, like, oh no, oh no. And I almost broke up with him. <laughs> that, talk about self-sabotage. I feel yeah. like, I feel like I, I've never said it first and it's not because you don't feel it, but I think going back to what you were saying about like vulnerability, I like, I just, it's so silly, but I just like never wanted to be the one to like say. Vulnerability. Uh, I think the only way I could equate it to was, well, I remember when I first tried skiing and I was just like going really fast down the hill and I couldn't slow down and everyone's telling me to pizza and I'm like, I'm pizzaing and I'm not slowing down and I just keep going. And then I just like sit down and I slide down the hill on my butt. I feel like that's how it felt. <laughs> I mean, that's love. That's 100% love. <laughs> and it's just like, like you just can't control it. And I think the yeah. problem that we have, and I'm 100% guilty of is we have a problem, and maybe it's a jadedness. We have a problem with quant- trying to quantify it. And Mary, I distinctly remember your boyfriend in med school when he matched far away. And I remember you were trying to play it off. You were like, oh, like, this is stupid. Why am I upset? We've only been together a month. Right, but then we dated and, for four years. Yeah, but then it was like, Mary, you can't quantify these things. Yeah, I mean, I think also, what is it they say? You've got to like play in traffic to get hurt. Like you basically, you have to be vulnerable to have something real. Like at some yeah. point, one or both, it can't be like a, a chicken or a, you know, a stand. Yeah. Somebody has to be vulnerable for it to progress to anything real. Um, but Charlie, to like, I think why Mary's thinking that um, that we said I love you on day, day three was because we basically moved in together after our like second date. Wow. That's... We like, I mean, we lived across the street from each other and until he moved to another state, we spent maybe like three nights not together legitimately skiing down skiing, Legit. skiing down was, the speed yeah <laughs> it was just like very yeah so and um yeah and then and then I remember like then we then we, like I think the thing that we laugh about now is I did end up telling him like okay to be honest I'm freaking out um and he goes okay well like take it slower and we never did. 
we said i love you and then like two months after that he met my parents yeah i was like what's slow for you guys like, <laughs> like very fast but then so then it was all very fun he met well and to be real facilitated him meeting my parents because i got really sick and had to go to the hospital and then he was my point person at that, that point like you gotta meet the parents um but usually like guys don't guys don't meet my parents until unless we're like very i'm very like we're i think it's a, bigger, you through that. it's a bigger deal to the girl for sure yeah okay, I um, guys earlier than i think that i would introduce them to mine you know and they're just like oh yeah but Charlie, what's funny though is that we were together six years before we decided to get engaged. <laughs> I, I was going to ask a question, Helia, and is or just Mary too? Is just so if so, have you ever been in a situation where if someone tells you like we should slow it down, is there ever a chance where you you actually have slowed it down, or is that you, if you either continue that speed, or my thought is you continue that speed, or destruction is going to happen? Does anyone have you has that ever happened, or is that that too? summary of this no i think oh i mean it sounded like he didn't really want to slow it down he's just said that to placate you was my sense because you were freaking out yeah it wasn't because either party really wanted to slow down because i feel like if a guy said to me like let's slow down i'd be like oh they don't like me like i i would feel like they want even though slowing down is still going forward i feel like they would i would take it to me like going backward i don't know well, here's the funny thing is, well, two things. One, it has led to destruction for me before, but I wanted to slow it down. He wasn't slowing it down. And then I like ended it. I think that was the situation where I was more of a summer. Like, I, I mean, he did really like me. I was not in a place I wanted a relationship. I told him I didn't want a relationship. I mean, he was like really like tagging along with me everywhere. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to class now. Like you can come with me if you want, if you want to like sit in on this class, this was in college. And he like sat in class with me. That sounds like, that sounds like the guy, the guy I dated in college. Like I, I was like, I was like the summer in that relationship. Cause I was just like, whoa, this is like too much. Like, I feel like he just, he extracted meaning from things that like didn't mean anything. And I'll give you an example. This is the kind of date you go on when you're in college. We went to like subway or something. And then like the Newport Bridge to like eat our sandwiches right Charlie knows he's been there and we had the exact same subway order and I was like big deal we both like turkey or whatever it was and he was oh, like yeah. so crazy like he was just he was already building me up like too much of like oh we have we have like the same sandwich order and da 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 and I was like and you know like it like it wasn't it wasn't a big deal um I definitely had that experience too yeah. But I was never, I never even got to the point of dating the guy. It was like a move a guy trying to make. Like, even if you're going full speed ahead with someone and you think you both like each other, I mean, Summer says this in the movie, and I think it's a little bit overly negative and nihilistic view, but it's like, yeah, it's either going to work out or it's not. Like, you're either going to get married or get some kind of a commitment or it's not going to work out. Because when she's, when he's like, oh, what happened with your exes? And you can tell he's kind of the jealous type because I feel like some people don't want to know about exes and some people like want to know everything about exes. And Tom was definitely like in that latter camp. And she was like, what always happens? Life. It's like, yeah, like you don't really need to know all the details. It's like, I'm sure one or both person became like not invested and then you break up. Like that, it's always kind of, it's a, like kind of the same story, but just different flavors. Um, but the, what, one of the things that fueled me freaking out, like I felt that we were moving too fast with Ricky was like early in, I asked how he slept overnight and he said, um, Oh, I didn't really sleep too well. I was just too, he, he said, I was, um, I, I couldn't stop watching. You like, you look so beautiful when you sleep or something like something creepy like that. 
And That's I was just like, fuck, fuck, fuck my life. Like, oh my God, he's falling in love with me. He's three dates. Oh my God, I'm freaking That's- out. That's not creepy, though. That's not even really creepy. So, but then, like, a year and a half later, he goes, oh, no, I was literally uncomfortable because of how you were positioned in the bed. And I just, like, but it was, like, so early, he didn't want to tell me that I was pushing him off the bed. I've I've been there, too. I've been there, too, with, like, an early date where you're watching something, and you're, like, this is so uncomfortable, but I also don't want to, like, say anything and, like, make them feel awkward that I feel awkward, so I'm just going to stick it out, and now my arm's asleep. Like, but, yeah, he was just like he had me in a headlock and I couldn't sleep. I mean, I to be fair, hell yeah, I I I, I appreciate Ricky being honest a year and a half later, but I'm not sure <laughs> I would use the words that you watch you were beautiful while you sleep at date three or date <laughs> two. It's just like you you are just walking into it. It's like next thing you know, if things didn't turn out the way they did, it's like I braided your hair that I found on the floor and I made you a it's like that's what you said. <laughs> well, but girls, like he, he found this Kleenex that you used and he like saved it. <laughs> it's like you, the show on Netflix, you. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I binge watched it with my sister, and then my mom watched it, and she like didn't understand that like good looking people could also be serial killers. And she was like. She was like, why is he like this? He's a nice looking guy. He's like someone you want to date. Like, why is he like this? <laughs> I watched him sleep. Like, yeah, I was like, mom, like good looking guys can also be serial killers. They can be psychopaths. Many of them are. I think many of the famous ones. But yeah, that's so funny. I mean, to, to the same end of what Charlie's saying, and maybe this is like really embarrassing, but I've had people I've been so excited about, like in early stage dating, I actually like couldn't sleep. Um, and I think there's like a, a quote about that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Charlie. Thank you for validating me. Um, <laughs> and there's a quote about that. I think from Dr. Seuss, it's like, you know, when you can't sleep because you're so happy that like reality is better, finally better than your dreams or something like that. But that being said, I would never tell someone I can't sleep because I'm so excited about you. I mean, now in red, like now that I also know him better, I think he meant it as a joke. Yeah, but early on, that's still like, yeah. Like, I I don't think he meant it to be taken seriously. He's very monotone, and now I know how to tell when he's being sarcastic. But like date three, I couldn't. You didn't take it as a joke. Like, you were like, Well, I did not take it as a joke. I was just like, Oh my god, I think that's our point. Yeah, yeah. And then, then I was just like, All right, like, either I'm falling in love too on day three, or and I didn't want to end it because I really liked him. I think I have a theory, like if something is right and then to work out, there's almost nothing you can do to screw it up. So it was kind of one of those things where you both were like kind of there. So like, there's nothing you could have done to screw it up. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's a good theory about like modern love. Yeah, because I've definitely done like I think that's still optimistic. It's not quite dated, but it's like realistic. Yeah. I think Uh, the biggest biggest thing is like, Mary, I like your realistic view of love. Like, if it's supposed to work out, it's going to work out. Someone once told me that, and it took me a long time to realize. I'm like, that actually is words of wisdom. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it ta- I only have learned that from, like, I've learned that the hard way. But, yeah, and I mean, I think if it's if you're confused, he's not into you. Like, if, you, if he likes you, you'll know. That's, like, the best advice I've ever gotten. Like, yeah. if I'm, like texting Helia and like trying to parse like does he like me or does he like then he probably doesn't 
or I would just know. Yeah. Um, it's we kind of already mentioned about this, like how his um, Tom's favorite place is this park, and he totally while sitting there he missed Autumn. But I, I, and I, I've seen this a lot with my friends. I've done this. Um, I'm curious to hear what your guys' perspective is. But you know, we, we, I think a big, big part of like romantic love and what's glorified was like you got to fight for it. If you want it, you got to fight for it. But the problem is sometimes you're fighting so much for one thing, you miss something even better in front of you. And I remember like when um, I was having, going through a breakup right after college and I was having a really hard time letting go. My mom was like, he's a stepping stone, but if you stay on the stepping stone, you're not gonna get to where you need to be. Absolutely. And I, I think she's right also that like, or you're right that sometimes you have this romanticized view. I blame the notebook, honestly. There's like this line in the notebook with Ryan Gosling where he's like, it's going to be hard. And we're going to have to work at it every day and it's not going to be easy, but we're going to fight for it. So I think when you're early 20s and you see those kinds of movies, you're like, yeah, love is supposed to be hard. It's normal that we're fighting all the time. And I'm going to fight for the relationship. And that's definitely how I was like my first serious relationship. And now I'm like, yeah, nothing's easy, easy, but like, it should be pretty easy. Like the relationship should not be work. It shouldn't feel like you know, it's taxing you from other areas of your life. It should be the area of your life that like you get to sort of relax and, and chill and like get filled up from. So, you know, I think it should be easy. And if it's not easy, it's probably not the right. Well, bit. I guess, and th but this is where I kind of do a pivot is at the same time. And I, I think fans of the pod have heard me say this multiple times now is every day we go in and we make a choice to be in this relationship. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's so a hard it's like, How do you reconcile those two things? And like, I've seen like, you know, how do you, when you go through a hard time, like obstacles are gonna be in the way, like at what point, I'm just curious what you guys think at what point like is, is fighting appropriate? At what point should you let go? And yeah. when do you think it was appropriate for Tom to fight for her? And well, he says, he, and I think again, I like that it was Tom and not the woman in the in movie. He's so obsessed, and the friends are so obsessed with labels and like boyfriend girlfriend and all, all that stuff. And she's like, that doesn't guarantee that someone's gonna wake up and like feel differently. Like just because you're a boyfriend girlfriend, just because you're married, and that's kind of true. I mean, that line really stuck with me, where he was like, I just want to know that you're not gonna wake up one day. She was like, No one can promise you that. Right. It's a security blanket, and I mean, you know, I mean, again, like going back to the stepping stone thing every time you see like people with like happy engagement photos on Facebook, there's probably a girl saying, oh, that guy was an absolute schmuck and he wouldn't commit to me and da da da. But it's like, but he committed to someone, right? Like, so, you know, it just wasn't the right fit. It's not like one person was bad, one person was good. It was just, it wasn't the right fit. Um, but I don't know, what do you guys think? I, I think the, well, Mary, when you said that guy was a schmuck, I probably, there's probably been a few girls who've been like, Charlie, he's a schmuck, as you guys can tell previously from storytelling. Marissa, no, Marissa, feel free to Marissa send us a voice memo. She spoke very highly of you. She was like, we're still friends, like we keep in touch. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was as bad as, um, you know, it's not like you're not friends. And that we're making, I think the fact that like, you know, you're doing this with us, that you own it just also is telling that. It, it it was um not a, not that bad and it was um, redemption through the podcast yeah redemption, redemption through the podcast and you're a good guy so we, we forgive you um but I well think i like the self-awareness i like that you can say you know there are people that would say this about me one one thousand percent not there's no doubt in my mind and that's not good because that's me being super summary 
when you, just because I've been jaded when I was with Tom. Hell yeah, that was a really good perspective you said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> do you, um, so we talked about how you become summer after having a Tom experience, but do you think you can be a Tom after a summer experience? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens to summer, right? I agree. I agree. So um, I think that, like, Mary, you just said it, and I think that the moment that you get that feeling of, of you get that feeling of Tom with someone and you feel comfortable and you are a summer, it's almost a complete game changer because you're like, wait a minute, perspective has completely changed. Because I've definitely been that time where I've been summer and then I felt a Tom feeling for someone and I was like, these are what I told this person. But now all of a sudden I'm thinking about a completely different perspective, which I was pretty set in stone, like, no, no, no. So I think it's possible. How about you, Mary? Yeah, I mean, I think so. And I think she says it. She was like, I was like, Tom was right. Tom was right. Tom was right. Um, and I think it's almost like a weird thing, uh, you know, when you do meet someone that you're hitting it off with or whatever, which like, you know, happens more rarely, but you're like, wait, like, what's the trick? Why is this so easy? Like, you're almost like, what? Like, why isn't this, why am I not driving myself crazy? Why is this not harder? That That's at least how I am with everyone I've like gone on to date. Mm -hmm. Long term, you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of supposed to be more like this. Um, yeah, I think I'm trying, I guess, I guess my, my summer moment was like meeting Ricky because I distinctly remember right before him um, having, having like a series of dates. And at one point, like I went on a date and I called my mom and she was like, how was it? And this guy was way more excited about the date than I was. Yeah. Um, like he had texted me multiple times and he was just like, like just so eager. And I called my mom, like while I was walking home, she goes, how was it? And I was like, meh. It wasn't even like I hated it. It wasn't even like I just my, like was here's very my point like. Too, Halia. Here's my point too. Just the fact that you say that you didn't like him. Because if a guy you liked did text you multiple times, you'd be into it. You'd be like, oh, he's so nice and upfront about how he feels and da da da. Like that's so how annoying. I. That's how I notice. Like the things that bother me in guys I don't like are the same things that I like about guys I do. Yeah, you know because I mean? then, like a few weeks later, when I met Ricky and he texted me the next day, I was so excited. And then our second date was the day after our first date. Yeah. Which would like, which would in any other situation, like with a Southern app and like, whoa. And it's kind of against the rules, right? You're supposed yeah. to sort of be hard to get and like not say yes to the first possible date that they throw out all these things. But you know, if you genuinely feel for someone, you don't feel like you have to do that as much. Yeah. So, it, and I guess that kind of happened with, I can't imagine it being jarring for Tom though, because like, I mean, 500 days isn't that actually that long. It's like a year and a half. So if they were together, uh -huh. like, for less than a year and then she's getting married yeah. within a year after that like that's pretty quick i feel like if that happened to me i, I would have been someone, like what the fuck i had someone i mean we didn't keep in touch i didn't like you know go to a wedding with him right before or anything like that so it wasn't quite the same but i had someone that i dated that then i think the last time i you know was like was, was romantic with them was like march and then they met some, or not met someone, I guess reconnected with someone in September and then texted me in December saying they were engaged. So like sometimes, sometimes it is very quick. I'm not saying, you know, 
I don't know. It's just, I, I can understand him being like, I can't, I really did feel that like when he ran out of the party, like I felt like that. She, she had ample opportunity on the train at the wedding to say like, I'm with someone. She kind of weaseled when she said like, oh, we have like on our rooftop, like she kind of threw that in there. But otherwise it wasn't like at all clear that she was with someone. Um, and, so I thought that, that one I, I think was reliable on his part because she, she admitted it. Um, she's like yeah I could have told you sooner yeah and it's, I, I wonder so there's this concept of the bench, hook everyone should get one bench conversation with like an ex that got away that bench conversation was very like fruitful and productive and a lot of good things came out of it I think uh, that'd be I would love to have a bench conversation with an ex that would right? be very interesting yeah yes, you guys yes. have you guys have an ex in mind who you'd want to have that bench conversation with oh my god good question me too. I definitely do. Yeah. Okay, Charlie, you go first because I don't. I don't think I do have one in mind. So, um, the ex that I'm talking about is. Um, so I moved to New York City because I followed someone. Um, what? What? Oh my so, god! Wait, elaborate. So yeah, this didn't come up. I so I moved to New York City because I followed someone, and um, we were kind of at that. Um, I'm gonna say just that's where we're we're saying is that we're about that early 20s, mid 20s age where you were still immature in some decisions and we had broken up, but I would love to have, um, I would love to have a bench conversation with them because when I was leaving New York, I reached out to them and they, uh, they did not return. Uh, they did not respond at all. And we were together for about four years. And so I, I just like, it, I, I honestly, I wrote an email and I said, Hey, you were once a very important part of my life. Um, I'm making a change and moving out. We haven't talked in a while. I would love to grab a cup of coffee. Um, and she never responded. So, so I would love to have a, a bench conversation to kind of, because there was definitely red flags before the breakup happened and how everything happened. Um, I would love to have a bench conversation because when, just to hear her perspective and just kind of release whatever, things need to be released. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. It's also amazing that you have that kind of perspective to realize like there's two sides to the story because especially with breakups, we're just so, it is easy to villainize the other person. Like he said, he was, I hate that cockroach looking on her neck. And, and, you know, it's a good thing to have emotional support, but you're also surrounded by, you know, your mom, girlfriends or whatever, people who are gonna be on your side and like not call you out on, you know, maybe your shit that had a hand in the breakup or, or whatever. Um, yeah, but I, I liked that they were able to have that conversation that they wouldn't have been able to have otherwise had they not had sort of the space and distance from the relationship. It had been however many days it had been and she was married and like in another place and kind mm -hmm. of able to speak from that perspective that like you couldn't have that conversation like a week after you broke up or even a month. Yeah, I mean, I the person I'd wanna have the bench conversation with is actually someone who I felt I, I did fall in love with, but never said. Um, and it was one of those things that it kind of did end abruptly, but now that I think back, I'm like, there were red flags. Um, I, that was a case where I was the Tom. Um, yeah. I, mean, I guess naturally, if this is the person who wanted the bench conversation with, I'm assuming we'd want to have the bench conversation as the Tom. I uh, I was thinking, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I was thinking someone else, but yeah. 
I don't know. I think there's been times where I didn't like how I acted towards someone and um, mm. I don't know. I like, could have been more frank earlier about how I felt, but sometimes you just lack the emotional maturity to do that. And I guess in some ways it is easier to face. Cause now I think of it like, oh my God, I'd be too nervous to have the bench conversation as a summer. Like then actually, even though we're saying that she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Tell you, would you be nervous about it now that you and Ricky are in, an, are in a serious relationship? Would you be nervous about having that bench conversation with your designated bench conversation person now? Um, so for like the longest time, and even like pretty well when I was in my relationship, I just like couldn't, I don't think I could. And like, I was, I don't think I could. I think now I could, cause that was been like almost 10 years. That cliche is true, time does heal. A lot just happened then, I've changed a lot as a person. Um, and part of it, what I, what I think I came to realize is we were, we would have been really good friends. Um, and I think part of it, I, mean, I think a lot of it had to do with my ego is I think a lot of the reason why I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to have it until like more recently is because when I'd have it, I'd want to like have my shit more figured out. Not even like necessarily my romantic life, but because like what drove us apart was my professional life. So, um, and then, and then also just having like time to met, like that one was a pretty bad heartbreak. Um, even though, and then I, I don't believe in that concept that like, you know, once you meet the person, like your previous heartbreaks just heal. Like it does, it, it, this isn't mean to take away from any love I've felt since then. Um, yeah. If anything, it's made like that love stronger. Um, but it's, you don't just like get over people that hurt you. And I think that also, equates with friendships as well like I've had friends that have burned me and I have like the most best friends now but that doesn't mean that I still don't get like I I still you know don't get occasionally upset about like that that those scars like burn a bit but that's a really good question because I realized like up until it was actually pretty recently that I realized like if I saw him I wouldn't like want to put in it Asking questions. There you go. Make it right. <laughs> you yeah, you're you're, you're giving right it back now, to Mary. me. Carly's giving it back to me now that I put it through the ring. I know. I like it. I like it. Because I'm, I'm just going to be a good cop and not ask any questions. <laughs> you were a journalism major? No, political Carissa, science. Carissa was, yeah. Oh, Carissa was journalism. Okay. How, did, right. we, how did you and Carissa meet? Class? We, so... Um, Carissa's best friend from high school, Alicia, transferred into URI also, and we lived on the transfer hall of, crap, I don't even know what dorm we lived in, but we lived on the transfer hall, so, and she gave me free gold, uh, free animal crackers all the time, and so uh, Alicia did, and then Carissa was always there, so. So I have one last kind of discussion point before we go to quick fire, is yeah. um, do you, so something Summer keeps mentioning to Tom, and she even like, even use the term best friend, um, is can we still be friends? Can you, do you think you can still be friends with an ex? I, one of my closest friends in the world is the very first girl I fell in love with and my very first girlfriend. She, I could call her for anything. 
but there yeah. are some X's where that I could not. But there are X's. I mean, my first X yeah. is one of my closest friends. But what uh, I think can I we think talk about like that relationship a bit more? Like, what do you think makes that one so that you could actually stay friends? Like, what, what, how old were you when you were dating? And what was the breakup like? What were the conditions that the breakup happened under? So it was actually my very first, this was the first girl. This was first love. Everything was just amazing. Um, we started dating in high school and we dated majority of college. Um, then um, off and on, like we broke up a lot, but um, the, the reason the relationship ended is because I actually, I did the breaking up. Mm. And the reason that things kind of we're good friends now is because we went five years without speaking with each other and we had to grow up. We had yes, to have that space. And, oh, and that's also it's so not a, interesting. It's not a recent ex either. Like, I feel like it'd be harder for me to be friends with someone that it like didn't work out with like a year ago than someone that, that is so interesting, Charlie, that you had that five years because so something earlier we mentioned about like coming back from a rough heartbreak and then like it's how do you not carry that weight onto your lesson I was kind of thinking with a term I've used with my girlfriends is um palate cleansers so they'll date someone that's just like completely different than who they did it completely changes their perspective on I things think it's also in some ways it's like it's a palate cleanser because it's just like okay like this broke out of your pattern too I feel like everyone you date is a reaction to the last person you date so like if you date someone who's in medicine and you're like oh this is too much talking about medicine now I'm gonna date someone who's in finance and then you're like oh my god f finance bros I'm gonna date someone who's not in finance that's kind of been my pattern yeah but that's interesting because it's like a palate cleanser could also just be like time yeah yeah I mean I think like I liked how it was sort of Tom thought his destiny was summer and it was really just realizing his own dreams and being an architect and like moving on with his life. So she did, even though they didn't work out in like a romantic way, she helped him a lot. She helped him, you know, kind of get unstuck from his life. Yeah, the split screen you mentioned was her wedding. Yeah. And his, um, his career. And it's interesting because I feel like they're, even though this, this movie is really about Tom and like we don't know much about Summer, but we do get the vibe that her issues is being able to commit in a relationship. And so she was able to overcome that challenge by falling in love and letting herself get, you know, be a wife. And like, I love that he said that. He was like, you wouldn't even be anyone's girlfriend and now you're someone's wife. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And she says, she's like, yeah, isn't that crazy? And, and for I think him, we it's both like, believe that, right? I think everyone on this podcast is a believer. And when you know, you know. I think yeah. we've talked about that before. Um, what about you, Mary? Do you think you could be friends with an ex? I mean, I, I am, but it's also someone like Charlie that like, you know, because we dated so long ago and we were friends before we dated. And um I don't know. I'm friends with guys that have asked me out. Like, I think an ex that, like, I actually dated and, like, you know, it, it ended, you know, amicably, like, it's probably possible, but I'm not a big believer. I don't know. I feel like if I were dating someone and they were friends with all of their exes, that would be a little bit weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they were, like, close friends with all of like, I think Mary, if they were- we, we talked about that with someone that you were dating, right? Yeah. I like, was like, that's, that's a red flag. I was like, why isn't he- 
yeah and like and she was in a relationship and she still reached out to him a lot so it was like oh maybe one or both parties are not over each other you know like it wasn't like I was jealous I was just like oh this is kind of weird um mm-hmm. because even with people I'm dating I'm very cognizant of um it's like I'm dating them so I don't talk about exes a ton like if they want to ask me like I'm happy to like chat about it but I'm not like you know I feel like I'm very much like when I'm with someone I'm with that person and I'm not trying to like dwell on like who they dated who I dated um, but that being said, like if someone talks about exes all the time, it's almost like, hmm. but yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I, I'm I've from- been guilty of that. And actually, yeah, and that's I want to have my bench conversation with was I, the weight, the burden of a toxic relationship that I had before that, like definitely carried over. And I think it did poison that one, but then yeah. I kind of, but then I kind of want to take it another step further and say, Mary, something you said that like, if something's meant to be, it's really hard to fuck it up. Yeah. yeah and like I'm that, that never like, happened with Ricky I'm friends with exes in like a Facebook kind of way I mean this is getting like very personal but I think you know Helia like there was someone I was totally in love with that like we were probably friends for too long and it, it kept me from moving on like he visited me here like yeah all this stuff but like you know ultimately didn't want to be you know we didn't want to be serious with each other um but it's like and he can like it can poison you meeting someone friend. Yeah, we should not have stayed best friends. Like we finally did stop talking and now it's like we talk in like a, you know, happy birthday kind of way. Yeah. But like, it was not healthy because we both needed to move on and then to still like be best friends and talk all the time. I think maybe it doesn't have to be five years, but you do need that time to like, just not be friends. And it's hard when you go from talking all the time and like, you know, being each other's kind of best friend. I mean, obviously I have like female friends who are best friends mm-hmm. too. But like sometimes when you're in a relationship, someone like they feel like your best friend, and you feel like you could talk to them and go to them about anything, and that's good. But it's also a double-edged sword because then you really feel that loss and that dependence when you don't have that. And it's so easy. I mean, it's I, it's easy for me to tell someone, "Don't text this ex. Don't text this ex." But then like when it's me, it's like it's so easy to text them and reach out and kind of be like, "Oh, you know." There's a funny Amy Schumer sketch about this. That's like, "Are you over your ex?" <laughs> Oh, did we lose her again? Oh, she's not talking. Oh, we lost. She was so in. She was. She's still telling this great story right now. Uh, Mary, I don't think she can hear us either, because she's still going. Still talking, yeah. This is this is gonna be funny to go back and listen to you, Mary. I think we lost each other again. No, I don't know when it's recording. If it's recording me or like not, but basically, it was a funny sketch about like, are you over your ex? And it was just like funny things of like, you know, can you listen to Bonnie Raitt's um, "I Can't Make You Love Me" and not eat carrot cake? Can you hear about? <laughs> can you hear about a fire three miles from their apartment and not reach out to them? You know, just like looking for an excuse to reach out to them. And it's like, it should be easy, but when you're not over someone, the threshold to reach out. When you're in it, it's hard. I think that's why I got to rely so much on friends. And I think Tom did that. Like, and his friends called his sister. I've had friends literally either delete photos, delete numbers, like for me, because I don't want to do it. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I physically can't do it. You're going to have to like do it for me. Yeah, so I think it's nuanced. Like my short answer is probably no. Like probably I'm not going to be best friends with like all of my exes. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily a red flag, but I think I probably am more like this and I get along with people that like leave the past in the past. That's kind of, it's not um, like acrimonious, but it's like, I'm not like reaching out to all of them. Yeah, I mean, it's, Charlie, do you think when you reconnected with your ex and like became really close, 
it was because you both had like moved on and you had like other because like five yeah, years like, if you were if you were married or she's married I think it's also a little bit like okay like we've obviously moved on kind of thing so I mean the whole basis of this is around one so I called her because I the, the reason this whole 500 days of tradition started is <laughs> I wanted this girl back so badly I called my ex and I said, why, how did, why did we always get back together when we broke up? And that's what we reconnected. So to be fair, hell yeah, it's kind of the ego thing. I like, I wanted to hear positive oh, reinforcement. And um, from there, it kind of was, we, you know, we, we were kids when we fell for each other, but yeah. So again, the basis of it was I called her because I wanted to try to get a girl back. And I was asking my ex, did I get you back or how did we always get end up back together yeah that sounds really that's yeah sound, that doesn't no, mean, I'm actually wondering Charlie that, do you, that was your bench conversation did you have a bench conversation with your first ex-girlfriend I, I might have had my my uh, yeah I might have had one yep. <laughs> holy shit and now you're friends so maybe it's like bench conversations and actually the person who I would have a bench conversation with is someone I don't think I could be best friends with him but um is someone like like you know I'd be friendly with yeah that's so holy crap that's wild you had your bench conversation I've, I've had the bench conversation so but I think it's, it's funny because you know I don't want to sound um like disparaging of this because I'm not but it like it's like well you know you got back together but it also still didn't work out so there's probably a reason for it like I don't know if like saying oh well how did I get you back let's apply this to this so, like is the best idea. Usually, <laughs> usually you break up, in my experience, usually you break up for a reason and it's like, yeah, you can get back together, but if the reason you broke up is still present, you know, whether it's distance or whatever, then you're going to just run into the same problem. And I don't know, Helly and I have talked about this before with long distance. Sometimes it sort of accelerates things. Like if, like if you have problems, it accelerates it. And if like, it's going to go more, more serious, it accelerates things. So mm -hmm. it's go either way, but like usually you break up for a reason i i've found like i've as i've gotten older i've had less relationships where we break up and get back together and i've had less relationships where it's like messy and we're still reaching out like it's it's more like shorter and like clean break kind of post communication yeah so the person who you do you think the person who you who you nominated to be your bench person you could see yourself being friends with or is it that just more like you want answers are you asking me or Mary? Um, Charlie. Charlie. Oh, um, so now that we know you've had one and are now friends with that person, the person <laughs> who you thought about having it with, who you wanted to have it with, do you think you could be friends with? Um, hell yeah, dropping the bombs again. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> oh, I, she's tough. I, um, I, ooh. No, I don't think so. I think that the bench conversation would be the bench conversation. I think that the reason why we wouldn't be friends is there's still probably some, there was definitely some animosity post-relationship and after the breakup. And I think that she shares the same animosity and anger. And, mm. uh, and so I think that our bench conversation would uh, have to be observed by 
friends and family to make sure that there aren't. <laughs> no, I mean that's dramatic, but no, I don't think we would. Maybe maybe a moderator. Mo yeah, exactly. Keep it on topic. Keep it on topic. Yeah. Um, Mary, I, I know you've said this before about there have been exes where where you knew it wasn't going somewhere, but you you're saying that you just have so much fun with them. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering if you can like talk a little bit about that and the sense like that the relationship did become a friendship and I think that that's a big reason why it was hard, hard to end it. Yeah, I mean it's important to find when like A, you're studying all the time, <laughs> but also like B, I'm not a believer like oh we didn't get married like that was a total waste of time. Like I think you do learn something from everyone you date and like at a certain point you might see it as wasting time or, or whatever. Um, but if you, if you are having fun with someone, it's kind of like, it's hard to be like, you're like, why would I end this? Like, I enjoy their company. You know, I, I could like them more. I could grow into liking them more. Um, you know, so I don't know. And then, you know, I'm not a guy, but I'm not above saying if I'm attracted to someone, it's hard to overlook certain things. So like, you know, oh, we're not on the same page about this or like, oh, um, you know, we don't agree about that, but you're, you're willing to overlook something if you feel like, oh, well, we're having fun and the, the chemistry's there. Like, it, it's almost like a blind spot, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard to, like this movie shows, it's so hard to be objective about someone that you like, you know, catch feelings for. Yeah, and I think it's, it's hard to distinguish that line with, with members of the opposite sex between friendship and relationships. Um, and, um, you know, I've definitely played jump rope with that line. Um, we know oh Charlie has, which is why he's on this podcast. <laughs> I, I've had like, yeah, I've had like the strangest, I mean, it's a lot of like, I'm glad I'm still friends with them, but I've had like strange, like whatever's with- like, Sometimes like, is this chemistry? Is it none? And then I don't know if you guys watch Bob's Burgers. Have you guys seen Bob's Burgers? Oh my, oh, has, come on, come on. All right, to our listeners who listen to Bob's Burgers, just I think about- Tina Belcher and she like sees a sign and everything like with Jimmy Jr. who's her big crush like he like he he gets something in his eye and he like winks like like closes his eye she's like oh my god he winked at me we're back on <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like I'm I'm the opposite like someone would have to be beating over the head of the stick I'm so like quick to assume that they don't like me. So I feel like I would not pick up on anything like subtle or read too much into things. But um, yeah, I think it, it is easy to do that. And then like, it's dangerous to do that too. You don't wanna like read too much into signs or like we were saying earlier, like, oh, they like this music. That means that they're my soulmate. Like, no, it doesn't. It means you like the same music. That's that's what it means. Mm -hmm. and a lot of the things that are important for a friendship aren't necessarily important for a relationship. Absolutely. Um, I kind of think about, you know, we talk about how you swing from a summer to a Tom or Tom to a summer and kind of my perspective on friendships did kind of go through these like extreme swings where like when I first started dating as a teenager, I was like, I want to be able to be friends with my exes. And then when I got like my heart broken, I was like, I never want to see that mofo ever again. But now it's more like, it's more of a real, like I have enough friends. I'm like, and if you are like, I hope, that was like the advice I got from my cousin when I remember I told her, I was like, I want to stay friends with him. And she was like, no, you have enough friends. Like you don't need to. But at the same time, like, I think if kind of Charlie, your experience, like if some time passed um, and especially people that I just like, 
got along with, had fun with, like I'd, I'd be friendly with, I don't think I'd be like as angry as, I don't think I'd be blatantly rude to them, which is I think the extreme that I was at at one point. I never want to see that, you know, what did you say MF again? You're not over them. Like that's not what you say if you're over someone. Yeah. Like I don't think the opposite of like passion is like hatred. It's like indifference. Like you should yeah. really move on and like be like, you know, like how Tom was towards summer at the very end when he's like, hey, I really am happy for you. Like if you can say that and genuinely mean it, you're over the person. Yeah. If you're still and that, was, that was near the 500 mark, right? Yeah, like if you're still, it was the end of the bench. And it's like, if you're still feeling like you don't want them to be happy, you don't want things to work out for them, you're wishing them any ill will, that's because you're not over them. That's what I yeah. think. Well, with, with the exception of, um, I think, um, uh, people that were abusive. Yeah, if they screw you over. Yeah, yeah, abusive people, I think. I mean, with, yeah. you know, I, I, I hope, pray that none of our listeners have un- undergone that. But of course, like, that's never, an exception. I, I will say I've never had like, any crazy for, for, for normal any- for regular non-toxic bread and butter yeah, relationship toxic, starts and ends if toxic. you have hatred towards them or call them crazy you're not over yeah. Yeah, I've, I've like never cheated or been shit on, which I think is like rare. Like I feel like a lot of people say yes to one of the two, but I like I haven't anything crazy like that. Um, all right, so why don't you guys ready for some quick fire questions? Let's, let's do, do it. it. All right, um, let's start with Mary, best use of song. Oh, I already said it, the Hall of Notes I liked. Oh, that's Charlie. Oh, I mean, when the Smith song in the elevator. Uh, I, I, I like the Regina Spectre at the beginning. Us. That was really good. The song was really good too. It just epitomized that quirk, like it really set you up for the quirkiness that was gonna come. Yeah, yeah. And then like towards the end, there's a few good songs too. It, the, the music is really well done. You can tell, so the director started out in music videos and you can tell. Like, oh, sure. really? Um, okay, so Charlie, would you be friends with Tom? Yeah, Tom and I would be best friends. <laughs> we, we, Charlie, is he not a grown up version of Cameron would you from Ted with Mackenzie? thing about like falling in love with a beautiful girl, kind of surface level connection. Like, I feel like Tom's a little bit like a grown up Cameron. Well, yeah, I, 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 I agree. And I also, hell yeah, I think I'd be friends with him because I would be Tom and I'd be like, yeah. She sucks. She broke your heart. <laughs> You'd be like a good hype man for like, oh yeah, she's ridiculous. Like you, you need your hype man. Yeah. Um, Mary, would you date Tom? Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like there's not enough guys that are hopeless romantics. I don't think I've ever dated a Tom. I'm always like the Tom. This was also Joseph Gordon-Levitt was hot. Girls wanted what him. What? Wait, wait, wait. what do you mean was? He's still good looking. Oh, he's, still, he's still hot. Okay, okay. I think. I don't I actually haven't seen him recently. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, he hasn't been in a lot of things, but he was in a ton of things around this time. He, Yeah, this was like probably his, his apex other than um, Inception. Like, he was really big around then, too. I, like, actually, while I was in my old movie, I had to stop and um, watch a clip of him in Dark Knight Rises, which is one of my all-time favorite movies because he was so good. It was like completely different. Like, I, I, was, I was watching it with Ricky and I was like trying to show him, I was like, oh, Joseph Gordon-Love is so good. He's such a good actor. He's a good actor. They're both good actors, but I also think they're both well cast. Like yeah. she's very good as this like fake, like manic pixie dream girl who's like, there's more to her. And he's very good as like this kind of every man that you root for, but he's not quite like the swap. He's not the Han Solo. Like he is no. more of an average guy, even though he is obviously very good looking. But then if you like, then I pulled up that clip from Dark Knight Rises where he talks about, he, he confronts Bruce Wayne 
and he talks about the anger. I don't think I remember that. Like, holy, remember. like you really see the 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 bandwidth of his acting, and I don't know. I really recommend like looking that like I I don't know what happened, but while I was watching the movie, I was like, I have to watch this clip right now. And I don't know if like, Tom was just too much. I don't I don't know because no. I, I don't even think Tom was just too much for me. I was just like so excited to see Joseph Gordon Levitt. I mean, I would say like the caveat to this question is I would date Tom if he's like all about me. I would not date him if I was the girl on the blind date. That looked awful. And so maybe like if you were the autumn. Yeah. And I, I mean, I thought she was great too. Mary, um, I want to say something where you say that they both were well cast. So I read, so after I, I, I read a little bit, so the director asked Joseph Gordon-Levitt who should play Summer. Oh, really? Zoe Deschanel. And that's why they, that's why she wow. was cast. That was a great pickup by him. I mean, like, because I don't think she was super well known and she was really good. At no, no. I, I think the, I mean, I don't know what else she was in before then, but I remember no. she, she was in, she was in Frasier for like two episodes. She has yeah. short blonde hair, looked nothing like herself now. And it was like, that's, that's, how she was an elf. that's how she was an elf. She had short blonde hair and supposedly Summer was supposed to be more summery and like a blonde bob and then they ended up casting Zoe Deschanel. I, I can't imagine anyone else has Summer. Same. And Tom, actually. I thought they both were really good. So Charlie, would you date Summer? I would, I would be the Tom of some, I would fall <laughs> head over heels. Summer <laughs> is the type of quirky girl that I love. Like the way, <laughs> I, I like, I also, after this movie, I was so in love with Zoe Deschanel. So yes, I, I would fall in love with her. Yes, I would date her. All right, follow question. Would you date Jesse from New Girl? Yeah, I would I, I would think Jess is that's oh, hard yeah. because there is Jess is more of a hopeless romantic. Jess in New Girl is more of a Tom than yeah, yeah. she wears yeah. her heart on her sleeve. Damn, yeah. really? Like she's like complete. I guess that's another example of showing like the bandwidth of an actor because Zoe Deschanel, she's like frumpy in that. Like not necessarily no, like, physically frumpy, but they like really like she's just like yeah. a total nerd. You know, I definitely channeled her when at one point I was like going through a low point in my career. And I think when she didn't have a job, I was just sitting on the couch binging TV. Watched Dirty Dancing to feel better. If you Dirty done, Dancing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you haven't done that, you're lying. Yeah. Um, I didn't do a dirty dancing, I did it with The Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> or arguably, arguably even more lowbrow but you know I, I watch bachelorette so i'm gonna like the stand on um but that's so that's interesting it's um because you know maybe what i was getting at was like huh there's a little bit of judgment there at first when you said of course you date summer she's like your ideal girl and i was like ah oh, you're putting her on a pedestal but then the fact that you were saying like with zoe deschanel but then the fact that you're saying like you would also love zoe deschanel as Jess. um i'm like okay 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 I forgive you. I forgive you for like acknowledging the fact that there's this gorgeous woman who's also like really sweet and you would date her. And I still, I still think she's gorgeous in New Girl, but oh, she is I, gorgeous. I know what you're saying. I'm just giving Charlie a hard time. It's that's okay. I'm well, again, a hard time for being okay. a um a man. <laughs> when like yeah, anyways, all right, moving forward. Back to <laughs> well, you were about to go on, on guys. Stuff. Lightning you were about round. to go on something that I was not, I, I don't, <laughs> you were about to go on something. <laughs> no, no, I, I, it, was, it wasn't as bad. I was just more thinking like, I'm giving you a hard time. Meantime, meantime I'm like, you know, if you, if anyone listened to our um, Kissing Booth episode, I'm like 
totally like thirsty over this one actor. So oh my god! Thank God he's like twenty five and not sixteen or whatever age he's playing that movie, or we'd be like I in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to lightning round. Who's your unsung hero? Oh, um, I think that is. It, I hate to be the generic answer. It's the little sister. Yeah. Oh, why is that the generic sister. answer? That was going to be my answer. I mean, I think she's the obvious, but yeah. She is actually. the obvious one. If, if not her, then who? I mean, who else could it be? Like, he has the friends, he has Millie. There's not a lot of side characters. It's a pretty tight cast. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah. I, I mean, the case has to be made for the sister. Like, we didn't even talk about like she has some real nuggets of just like you know even um like when he's scared to ask her what they are are they boyfriend girlfriend and she's like yeah because you don't want to like you know just totally have this disillusionment from what you've built up for the last few months and it's like yes that is so true that's why every woman is like scared to like do a dtr like what are we kind of relationship because if it's wrong if it's wrong and it's like we're nothing it, break, we're it, it breaks her bubble yeah so it's like you'd almost rather live in like the non-reality than like face and again you know if you have to ask it's probably not the answer you want to hear but um yeah i mean she has so much wisdom she helps him move on she helps him see the relationship for what it was which was you know not perfect all the time and she has like the great quote about you know like you're just looking back on the good stuff and think about, you know, really what happened and like, was it that much of a surprise? Like, I don't think she was your soulmate. Like that she was all the tough love that he needed to hear. Yeah. Do you guys believe in soulmates? Ooh, uh, uh, yes, I do. I think that I, I, I would like to say that in people who I've met, I've texted friends and said they're going to be a big problem in my life <laughs> like and I mean that in the sense it's like go back to the fall hard and all yeah. that stuff it's like yeah I, I I believe there are soulmates for sure I don't know I don't think there's one but like I do think like when you know you know and like very early on you can be confident in a connection with someone that ends up being something real so I guess in, insofar as that's true I agree Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I believe in soulmates. Um, I don't necessarily think they have to be your romantic partner. Um, sometimes life interferes with being with your soulmate. Um, yeah. I think your soulmate yeah. could also be like your friends. No, you make a good, yeah, you make a good point. I think a lot of it is timing. And I think a lot of it, sometimes you, you can pin, even pinpoint the moment. Like, I, I don't know, I sort of relate to what Charlie said about you know the elevator and you hear the music and she's like oh I like this miss too and he's like holy shit like sometimes you have that moment where you're like this is gonna be a problem like I'm already just way too down the emotional like pedestal road like like I that's happened to me you know and it could just be a simple thing of like you have this thing in common or they they make this reference and you're like oh my gosh like that's so funny we both like know about this but yeah it's like oh this could be trouble for me um, I think this one, this isn't really so much of a question, but Bechdel test. No way. I mean, Tom's no. in the whole movie. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the whole movie. And then if we did like the opposite of the Bechdel test, were there any conversations between two guys that wasn't about the girl, but it's like, no, because it's called 500 Days of Summer. No, I mean, he has the conversation with his boss, which eventually it is about summer, but about his work performance, I guess, at first. Mm. I think um, do you think this movie... Mm -hmm. No, no, I was going to say, keep going. Oh, okay. 
I was gonna say, do you think this movie is remakeable? I wouldn't want. I like it the way it is. Like, I don't think it needs to be. Um, would you want to see a movie where it's like Autumn? Yeah. What do you guys think? That was my questions for you guys. Do you think Autumn is another summer, or do you think Autumn is like Endgame? I, I, I think. think mm-hmm. Charlie, you go. No, no, I, I feel like I've, I've, my timing has been really poor this, throughout this whole thing. Like, should I talk? Should I not talk? <laughs> it was also, it's hard with the delay. Also, Mary and I just, like, talk over each other all the time. Just, like, interject. And it um, doesn't feel like we are, and then we listen back, and we're like, oh, we were talking to over <laughs> three minutes. No, Charlie, please go. Um, go ahead. I, I do, because, so, again, this is, I, I looked into it. So, throughout the whole movie, they used the hue of blue to represent love. And when autumn came into play, the hue of the background turned a little bit shader, a, a different shade. It turned yeah, to red. Yeah, it did look different. It yeah. did look different than the rest of the movie. Interesting. Hmm. Um, you're really putting me to shame right now with, because usually- Visual, uh, yeah, the teacher's- Visual, and you're like, huh, I didn't. That's really very astute observation. Yeah, I missed a lot of this. Um, the only thing I caught was that little cartoon they had, the tree bloomed. Yeah, that was cool. So do so you think Autumn is, because part of why I liked it, because I was like, yeah, it's like still kind of a happy ending, even though it's not like the summer happy ending. Part of why I liked it was because it was like, oh, she was just as excited about him. You know, she, you could tell, I thought it was almost implied she actually had another date. Like, I don't think she was meeting a friend. It was almost implied she had another date. And then she was just kind of like, oh, to hell with it. Like, let's, yeah. Because she was like, no, and then yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe they could be each other's Tom, and I would like to believe that. Oh, two Toms meeting each other. That's what they deserve. Yeah. And I, I'm in a Friday Night Lights kick. I don't know why. I, I should probably move to Texas. Um, so I'm just, like, all about Minka Kelly, and she's, like, a, a main character in Friday Night Lights. So to see her in 500 Days of Summer, which I forgot she was in, I was like, oh, look, Friday Night Lights, it's all connected. Wait, um, who, she was Autumn? She was Autumn. She's like in Friday Night Lights, she's one of the main characters. And I think it makes sense that she would be in this movie because I think Friday Night Lights was big around the time of this movie. I think it was like 2006, 2009. So she would have been more of a star back then. Um, yeah, I think that's it for the quick fire questions. Um, is there anything like we didn't talk about that you guys wanna? Let me see. I think, so I wanted to talk about, we did talk about the sister. And we didn't really talk about um, the other friend very much, the one who'd been with his middle school. Something he yeah. said that like really stuck with me is he's like, yeah, my dream girl is not my wife, but my wife's better than my dream girl. Right, she's real. She's real. Yeah, I mean, was like, I was like, ooh, that's heavy. And Tom kind of gets at that with like the thing about the cards and the movies and the pop songs, like kind of building up too much idealism. Um, the other thing we haven't talked about really, and it's not shown, is like Summer's husband, fiance. I kind of like that we never meet him because it's like, we kind of don't have to. Like the point is it's not Tom, it's somebody else. Um, and I don't know, I thought that was like a good choice. Cause sometimes they like to have that awkward scene where you like meet and he gets jealous. And I, I like that they didn't even go there. Well, my question for you, Mary is, so you know how when they're at the party and Tom's doing summer introducing someone and then yeah. they, do you think that one of the husband might have been in that guy because I, I, the backing, 
I thought about it, but then I was like, no, because it seemed like she was introducing two people that were like both guests. Cause she was like, oh, do you know this person? Da, da. I don't think she had her arm around either one of them. I don't know. I guess it's possible, but I really think we only see the back of his head in that like one shot. I have another question related to that party. Was that an engagement party? Oh, good question. Cause she's Did showing she just, like, not tell him it's an engagement party. Such a summer thing to do. Like, right. <laughs> That's what, like, you know, she's, not, she's also really immature, too. Like, she, ha- I, I re- actually, I believe in the hook. For anyone who um, watched um, How I Met Your oh, Mother, they have a discussion on the hook. This is why we're friends. I, I'm the hook exactly the same. Like, oh, I can't be you right now. Like, she always left out, like, the crucial last part of the sentence. Like, she never, like, quite gave all the information. Yeah. I feel like Summer had Tom on a hook the whole time. She did, but I don't think she was ever going to, like, go back to the well. Like, I think she was just wanted to be his friend again. And yeah, I'm not trying to villainize her. I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah. they're both, they just both have very immature approaches to this. And, like, and I think that's what made this a really realistic You're movie was because, like, if you approach love and relationship very maturely, like, yeah, it's not going to work. You're and right, someone's though. Someone's going to get hurt. It probably was an engagement party, though. I think you're totally right. Um... That's such a power want- play that Summer invites Tom to the to the to the engagement party. That's just like, talk about, that's talk about like who, won, who won the breakup. Like, here's my <laughs> rooftop garden party with my current fiance. Like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you were gonna like, so Holly, you said there was like one line that like particularly affected you. For me, it was when she says to him, "What I was never sure of with you." I'm like, ooh, mm. I that because. You know, I think it's not usually said so bluntly, but that's like ultimately the reason why, you know, you could say to someone, oh, when did you know? Or why are you sure about this person? You're not sure about me. But at the end of the day, there is no answer. It's just like, you weren't the one and I wasn't sure about you and I wasn't going to be. And like, that that hurts to hear. Um, but I think he needed to hear it to get closure and move on with his life. What the other scene I kind of wanted to talk about was, um, when we were introduced to Summer, like as a child, and he says there are only two things she liked her long dark hair and how she felt nothing when she cut it. Do you think, what do you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about like just that? Like, what did that mean? What did that mean to you? That she loves her hair and felt nothing when she cut it? I mean, I think that's, Mary, you were talking about foreshadowing before. I think that just foreshadows, it's like, loves her hair so she's very she has a she's a bit ego driven so that kind of goes to the immaturity of the relationship and the way that she can cut things so easily and just move on that's a very good metaphor like she's not about getting attached to anything or anyone and the way she could feel nothing was like she liked that she wasn't attached yeah i totally agree yeah i mean it's it's sad but i mean it, it showed you know she was really affected by um being a child of divorce and I actually like that he was a child of divorce too so it wasn't like broad brush this is a thing but I've definitely dated someone who like I I, you know I'm sure they would have been a different person had their parents not gone divorced you know when they did and um it affects you it's just no way around it yeah um so I mean I think that pretty much wraps it for this movie um I I mean I really enjoyed watching it this time. This was probably like the biggest 180 I'd made with a movie. You didn't um, like it. You didn't like it at first. Yeah. I thought it was the wrong brand. I um I can see why even after giving Charlie a hard time for being like, oh, of course you would date her. 
Um, I can see why you would date her. <laughs> right. I can see why everyone loves Zoe Deschanel and now I'm learning not to hate her because of it um, and that she doesn't necessarily have to dumb herself down um, to be likable. Um, with that said, I'll probably um, still want to go watch episodes of New Girl because she's just like adorable in it. One um, other thing, the only thing I put in my notes that we didn't talk about, have you guys seen or thought about the ending of The Graduate, which is referenced throughout this movie? Oh, like long time ago. They kind of they made another, like when he comes out of the bathroom and she's like laying on the bed naked. That was like a very like scene from The Graduate, I feel. Oh, good call. Um, and then there was a Simon and Garfunkel song at one point, and then obviously they have like the soundtrack from The Graduate. But why it was funny to me was because I literally had that happen with me where you know, I saw it too young and I completely misread it. Uh, because the ending is very controversial and people go back and forth on whether or not it's a, um, a happy ending or not. Basically, like the short version for anyone who's listening and hasn't seen The Graduate is that Dustin Hoffman goes in, breaks up this wedding, runs off with the bride, they get together and then they escape together on a bus. And it's like this really madcap like scene. It's almost comedic, but then they're on the bus and then the camera just like stays on them and they're like laughing and then they're serious and then they almost look melancholy. It's like, oh, is that like the wrong move? Are they now stuck with each other? Is this like a metaphor for the malaise of marriage? Like there's all these like weird readings about it. And I remember um, seeing it with a, a boyfriend who was like, you need to see The Graduate and like, I want to hear what you think of the ending. So there was like all this pressure riding on me as I watched it because I was like, oh, like, I hope I parse the ending right. And I was like, I don't know if it's sad. And he was like, oh no, it's definitely sad. So he was like the summer. And I was like, I wasn't like super happy about it. I wasn't quite the Tom, but I wasn't like, oh, this is a terrible ending. And he was like, no, it's definitely really sad. And I'm sure if I watched The Graduate now, I would agree with him a little bit more. He, but also like he was four years older than me. Like I, I didn't know what I was watching. It's so interesting. It's, yeah. it's kind of like in the same way this movie talked about how I approached this movie 10 years after um, it sounds like you'd have a similar thing with the graduate. Um, yeah. So then it makes sense that this that graduates also um, like integrated into this. Um, what do you guys, I mean, she that's when she starts crying too, is when she sees that ending. Yeah, I thought that was very telling. She starts crying and he doesn't really, he doesn't realize like why she's crying or that, you know, it means trouble for him. Like he's so oblivious to everything. And then you hear, you know, let's go for pancakes. And you're like, oh, this is what's going to happen next. Like he just doesn't see it coming because he doesn't want to. How many breaking glass moments? Like for me, that was a breaking glass moment. Like summer, probably, Mary, you said something earlier, like when the breakup happens, the person who does it is weeks ahead. And then oh, that yeah. Last moment. How many times have you have you guys had that breaking glass moment where you're like, something happened and you know you need to do it, but it's like when the shit finally hit the fan, you're just like, boom, breaking glass, be crying the end of the graduate, you know? Oh. I've had that moment, like big time, big time. I'm sure I have. What was the moment? Yeah, so, let's hear. Let's hear. Oh. I walked into that one, didn't I? I walked into that. So that first X, I remember my friend and I, like uh, my first X and I, we would talk, call on the talk on the phone every night. And then there was a moment where I just couldn't stand talking to this person at all. Like at the very butt end of the relationship, and we went back, for some reason, we went back to my childhood home and we looked through a yearbook of our senior year of high school. And 
we were flipping through our senior pictures and there was a picture of her. And I had this thought, like, I was so in love with this person at one point, and now I can't stand to speak to them. It's time to end this relationship. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oof. Wow, that's, that's really like, I mean, that, that in itself is heartbreaking. That's, that's tough. That's like, you know, tough for her, but it's also tough for you. I guess I did have that moment. This wasn't with a serious relationship. But it was a guy that just like really liked me that I kind of just honestly like just kept on the hook. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was at a conference in North Carolina and he called me and was like, where are you? Like, I didn't tell him I left for a conference. And he was just like, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm in North Carolina. He goes, what? Like, oh. And then I think it was that moment where I was just like really annoyed by him. I, was I like, <laughs> Kelly, you're helping, you're helping me remember now I have one. Okay, so like similarly, I think I've been more, I've been better about like being in touch with my emotions and like knowing when to end it or whatever, or sensing when someone's gonna end it with me. But I think I was very bad at that. Like when I first started dating, just cause I like didn't have a sense and I didn't really know what like kind of normal relationship was and and whatever I was kind of like oh give everyone a shot so then I would like go out with these guys and I had like no interest in kind of continuing to date and I like in retrospect I think I was really mean and like how I handled it like I'd just be like oh like you thought I liked you but it's like I, I did until I didn't you know it was just very immature um so yeah I mean the guy I dated in college it, you know I, I think I wanted it to work out because we had mutual friends and like it seemed like I should like him like he was like nice, smart, good looking, all those things got along with my family. And then he, in, in New England, this is like weird. He invited me to a country music festival. Oh. And, I, and I was like, no part of me wants to go to this with you. Like, like, I just was like, I absolutely like don't want to do this. And like, it was probably really mean, but I, I broke up with him the night before, um, hoping to get out of it. And he, and he was like, okay, well, let's still go to it as friends. And it will be like the next, next chapter in our relationship will be like a friendship. So I was like, ah, I still didn't get out of this. And I went, <laughs> and, I went and it was so awkward because we had literally broken up the day before. Everyone in the friend group knew. We went to a tailgate and that was kind of okay because it was like a group setting. And then he had paid for better seats. So then we had to split off from everyone else we like buy food he doesn't pay for my food why would he so that was like weird because like he previously was paying for everything you know doesn't hold my hand I mean again he was totally appropriate but I was like so awkward about it and I was like oh I should have just waited until after this concert you know like looking back I think I just would have because it was so awkward I mean you're also trying to like he didn't have to invite you to still come he was not I mean we literally, like, we broke up in my driveway, because, like, I think it was, like, summer or something when we stopped dating, so it was, like, I, we were still, we were not living at college, because we were, like, home for break or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I just was, like, this was not a big deal to me, and he was, like, in my driveway, I was, like, talking to him for two or three hours, and I was, like, what more can I say, like, it was just so, and he has since said to me, like, that was so nice the way you handled it and blah, 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 blah. But it was a similar thing. I think of what you're saying where the guy was just like all about you and you were like, mm, this is not for me. Um, it was just like, it was like that, but you know, he's a nice guy and like wish him well. Yeah. I think that's a really good example where, well, it sounds like you were the summer, but also where you, 
like you don't want the guy fighting for you it's like don't don't yeah and I just I was not ready I don't not think I think I was not ready to date I was not ready to date him I was just sort of like going along and I was like you know I let it go too far and then realized I had to sort of end it and I felt I felt really bad about it Charlie that was a really good question I guess like I never this this movie and like just having this conversation with guys really forces us to talk about relationships that's not really talked about and maybe like like, always the most comfortable too like we don't like to think about when we've maybe hurt someone or had that moment where we're like that that glass break and um but I I always appreciate having those like times to reflect thank you for that question Charlie that was a really good one yeah I mean a lingering question the last thing I wrote in my notes we've already kind of beaten this to death but you know, are you more of a Summer or are you more of a Tom? I think that was kind of the crux of like the lens of like how you watch this movie and how you think about yourself in relationships and like relating to other people. Because I think we've all made those mistakes of either like, you know, misleading someone or idealizing someone or not seeing signs when they're there. You know, there were a lot of things about this that were very, very relatable. And I think that's why it's a good movie. I'm the sister. I, uh, I wish I were the sister. I, I don't think I, I think I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely I'm the sister now. <laughs> I'm the car shop owner. I'm the guy in the, no, I'm just kidding. I'm so Tom. I'm so Tom. It doesn't even, it's so not. Tom. Oh, like that's I good. I, that yeah, makes me I happy. I think I'm Tom too. It's like, you don't want to be totally a hopeless romantic. And I agree with what you said, Holly, about usually women are less black for being This is oh my so- god, Mary! <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, oh yeah, you're muted, Mary. Oh, is she typing to us. She typing. The connection went out. Oh, we're back. Uh, sorry about that. I was gonna say, hell yeah, I agree with what you said about how women get less flack for being a hopeless romantic, but I also don't know that I totally am. I it's I. I love it when guys are hopeless romantics um, too. So I wish I'm, Charlie, you know, thank you for putting up with us. Um, I'm really, we've, we've really grown, we've, um, I, sorry, I forgot how to speak English for a second. Um, I think it took a lot of courage for you to come here and deal with our grilling, but I'm really happy you did. And it also just hearing your perspective on love and, you know, we we it's funny because we gave Tom a ton of shit, but at the same time, I'm like so thrilled to hear that you're still a hopeless romantic and I yeah, hope you need to say yeah. so. Yeah, no, I want you want there to be Toms in the world. So yeah. that's good. You know, you start, you started off the podcast us thinking you were a summer. In my mind, you were a summer, and now we're ending it and you're you're a total Tom. And that that was a really pleasant um that was, that, that was just like a really pleasant for us. And we hope uh, this is so we, we remain friends and you come back on the pod. Yeah, I feel like we always have a way of finding the perfect person for each movie. I would look, guys, I had a blast. This was this was an awesome time. I love listening to your podcast and I, thank you for letting me come on and I would love to come on again. And I've really, I've been in a conversation like this in a long time. So I, I had a great, I'd love it. So. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we, well, thanks for listening, you know, 
feel free to email us. That's kind of how we connected with Charlie and got him on the pod. So, um, you know, we love hearing from people yeah. and anything else. I, I think just, we hope you guys enjoyed this Thank episode. You. Yeah. I, well, I'm, we're I'm excited to have, Tom, we're excited to have Charles back, Char Charlie back on. Sorry, your name says Charles and I keep reading that Charlie. Um, Charles is actually one of my most favorite um, guy names. Um, we're, we'll, um, hopefully we'll have Charlie back on soon. Um, but yeah, if there's, we did a fan favorite 500 days. If there's something else we haven't done yet, we'd uh, love to hear it. All right, great.